Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Brown Girl Confessions podcast. I hope you're well and safe wherever you are. In this episode, we speak to Sukjina Randava, who talks about her experience of being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia. We speak about the impact this has had on a lot of factors within her life and how she has navigated the challenges that she has faced over the past few years. So let's begin. So thank you so much for joining us, Sukjeen, today. Um, I thought we'd start off um, with you possibly giving us an introduction, if that's okay, to yourself. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Um, so I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in October 2018. Um, it was just when I started university. Uh, it was a really difficult time to go through. Um, and then shortly... About a year after that, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Um, yeah, so I just really come on to talk about my um, my experiences with chronic illness, especially in the South Asian community. Um, yeah. Um, and for those who don't know much about, um, for example, rheumatoid arthritis, is it okay if you give us a bit more of a insight yeah. into what that what that is? Yeah. So rheumatoid um, arthritis is an autoimmune disease. So autoimmune disease basically just means that my immune system has is overactive and it attacks my joints because it thinks that my joints is a bad south, basically. Um, it's incurable. It's not curable. Uh, neither is fibromyalgia. Uh, fibromyalgia is actually a secondary uh, diagnosis, so it's... Being it's been diagnosed because of my arthritis has, has caused it. Um, yeah, it affects every part of my life. It, um, when I was first diagnosed, I couldn't cook, clean, even have a shower. Um, I was I couldn't even tie my shoelaces. I was stuck. Yeah, um, yeah so needed specialist help straight away. Um, thankfully, I got it, but. I'm still struggling two years mm. on, nearly. Um, it, it's a difficult one, definitely. And I know a lot of people struggle with this and it's not talked about. Yeah, and I think uh, during our previous conversation, you mentioned that it started at a really young age. Um, and so how was it, yeah. how did you deal with it um, at, at such an age? Yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was 19. I'm currently 21, so this is still quite young for me to have arthritis, but um, it's not something people take as real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I remember telling somebody at uni that I had arthritis, um, so I was taking the lift because I couldn't walk up and down the stairs, and she just laughed at me because she had, she thought I was lying, basically. She thought I was making it up to get in the lift and be lazy, but... I physically couldn't actually go up and down stairs because my knees were really bad and they were swollen. It, it's, I think it's a hard thing for people to grasp that arthritis isn't just for older people. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a difficult one for sure. And I think the social aspect that all the young people have at this age, especially when you're at university, 
yeah, it just kind of disappeared for me because I, I couldn't even do normal things like going shopping, uh, food shopping. So mm. even wanted to go out for just a meal was out of the question for me, um, which was sad. Yeah. yeah. And I think the point that you mentioned in terms of people not taking it seriously or really understanding um, what that's like, um, if we take it into the context um, of, say, um, back home and the South Asian community, how was it yeah. how was it like explaining what that's like for you at such a young age and the support that you needed at that time when you found out? It it was good and bad. Um I mean some of the key things that happened were that was that my parents got extremely protective over me. Um mm. it was almost like I gained my independence by going to university and then as soon as I got that little chance it was taken away straight away and my parents decided that they were just gonna constantly ask where I was, checking if things are okay, checking if I'm in pain or if I needed help with like just anything especially because I was living away from home at the time. Yeah um, yeah and I mean it was it was bad I had like the independence taken from me but I completely understand why they did it and I know that it was just out of love and that they didn't want to see me like this and they knew that there's a whole grieving process with losing your health it, you lose you lost your whole life basically you starting again at this chapter that you never knew you were going to have um Yes, that was a, a really big thing. Um, and the, the other key thing, I think, as a South, South Asian woman is um, my family were, my extended family were very adamant that they had a cure for every symptom that I could tell them. You know, every herbal thing that they could think of, they yeah. were throwing it at me. I mean, yeah, I didn't think they understood that it's not curable. I'm, they can help symptoms, but it's it's always going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't help. It doesn't help like that because it's almost like you're made to feel like you can't manage it. You can't manage your own health and that you're, it's your fault that you've done this and now we have to take charge. That's almost how it feels like. And they don't mm. seem to understand or want to listen or even ask that you can't just throw all these things at me and expect me to be all better again and back mm -hmm. to who I was before. Yeah. I just need to accept that I'm changing and it's a new thing. We're all getting used to it slowly. Mm. And I think the point that you raised, I think, I guess it comes out of them being really concerned, but sometimes, um, yeah. Un yeah, not but not realizing that the need for space and that time to really, um, just um, understand your own feelings because I'm pretty sure you, you must have been going through so much um, mentally yeah. as well um, yeah. and processing how does this make me feel yeah I loved that they cared to do it I loved that mm. but I just wish they would have stopped at one point and said how are you Sukjeen are mm. you okay today uh, how is it making you feel just yeah. anything like that or just saying little things like oh I researched a bit more about it and I know this this and this and 
like that would have made me feel so much better that like I'm not alone in this but when you keep throwing things at me it's like a bit too much yeah um it's almost like they don't want to understand they just think find a problem here's your solution yeah and, and I understand I guess I, I get that from one aspect and I can personally um relate to that um with with my grandparents yeah. I live and I guess it comes out oh we want to fix that as soon as possible so you're better but um yeah I, I yeah. think a, a question would be how have you been navigating that since you found it till now has it has it got better has that conversation become easier to have with them um I think it just kind of helped itself in a way because I've never had the conversation I've never believed I could have the conversation with extended family you had to um respect your elders and that was seen disrespectful if you told them I don't want to try this I don't want to do this you're not helping me and I understand that because they they were definitely trying to help me yeah but, and they were never going to see it from my perspective which is fine but um I think with time it kind of got a little bit better because it kind of forgot about it I guess um just life carried on um mm. yeah so it got better but it's still here and there my mom will get a random call and they'll be like yeah we found this new thing that we can give yeah. to Jean and she can try out and I'm like oh not again <laughs> yeah I, I completely understand what you're saying um yeah and then um because there's would say would you say that more needs to be done in terms of raising awareness about um chronic illness and in particular rheumatoid arthritis um within yeah. the south asian community and what what would that look like in your opinion i mean this can be taken out of the south asian community this mm. could just happen everywhere it needs to have a conversation basically you, everyone needs to be able to talk about their experiences and it, even if it's not directly and you're telling one person that this is my experience and then they can tell the next person that this is how they're feeling i wonder what um i can do to help do you think i should research this and that kind of thing and it just it has that ripple effect and if it started from just that person that experienced it and the person was willing to listen that would make such a difference i mean i'm trying to do this on my um instagram yeah. slightly um sharing other south asian story with chronic illness or disability anything like that um so that people know that they're not alone and that you can talk about these things even if they won't let you just talk about it because it does make a difference even the slightest little difference and mm. I, I know with South Asians as well I found them so stubborn <laughs> they just don't want to listen but if you keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it you will get through to them at some point um I mean don't start any fights but <laughs> I think I think you can get through yeah. to them with the conversation or showing somebody else oh look this person's also dealing with this and look how well they're doing or um look how badly they're doing and I'm doing so much better I mean that's not the greatest thing to do but it yeah. might help hmm. and um yeah and I, I think I I completely understand in terms of that 
delivering that message can be really difficult yeah um yeah. a lot of times and it's frustrating um because you feel like it's just not getting anywhere and you're trying and you're trying your best um yeah every time you see them or every time you try to have that conversation um and so i definitely agree i think there needs to, more needs to be done to increase more of a dialogue around that um, within the community itself. And as you said, it's yeah. not only within the South Asian community, but also wider um, yeah. as a whole, because um, I would also say, um, even though I know that my, my grandmother has rheumatoid arthritis, um, I know bits and bobs yeah. and I know, I see um, her every day in terms of having swelling um, and, and yeah. on her hands and on her, on her legs and on her feet. But um, I think I still feel like I would need to know more and find out more actually about it um myself yeah. so i think i think it starts with one just trying their best to start somewhere and to really want to learn yes. more about it yeah um before jumping to conclusions and um passing over um a, a, a dud with holly in it um yeah. at the first instance <laughs> For like yeah. all cures, it's um, not a cure. It's not a cure. <laughs> <laughs> um, they would love to believe that, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how has this impacted? I guess, um, or has it impacted your aspirations, what you want to do in life, in terms of career, going forward? Um, it has. Well, I, I don't think too much to the future because. Um, so much has changed with my illness that I kind of get a bit upset. I'm not sure if I can actually work. Mm. Um, so I don't like to think about that too much, but at the moment I am at a university, I'm studying psychology, uh, hopefully going into health psychology more. Um, and I'm still working towards it as much as I can, but it can mm. get really difficult because yeah, have those days where you wake up and you're like, oh, oh I plan to do this, this and this, but I can't even move. Mm. I can't, I don't even want to like get out of bed because it's just too hard. Um, even if you take painkillers, sometimes I don't even work. You, yeah. You're just stuck. Um, so it has impacted it a lot, but I am hopeful. I'm very hopeful that I can get into remission and hopefully mm. I won't have to worry about this during yeah. that time as well yeah and in terms of how the university supported you have you felt supported around the community once you joined the university uh yes and no um i've had a few comments from like my personal tutor and mm. um some of just the staff there that they they've also got arthritis and these three fingers and you're like that's not the same your three fingers compared to my whole body is not the same at all so you're kind of like they're, they're not understanding the disability acts um yeah. aspect of this um but then at the same time they, they have been supportive with getting me um, my dsa so my disability student allowance so all the equipment that i've needed um a specialist chair uh, stuff to hold my books a microphone so i can record lectures um so that's been good to be fair. I, I, it's made me feel like I can do university more. Um, I just wish they they had a way of, um, when you're on those bad days and you can't go into uni, I just really wish they had 
an online version <laughs> almost yeah. like how they've had for covid they've all of a sudden had this online version you're like well why couldn't i have this a couple of years ago when mm -hmm. i was struggling um yeah so yeah it, it's, it's been supportive i just there's a few things i need to improve on <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that there's, a, in general, I would say, a lack of support for, especially for students um, uh, going into university to support them with a disability or um, with whatever they need support with uh, in terms of health? Uh, yeah, I think I think it can lack because I know when I chose my university, I decided to move away from home because. Well, I didn't have any health problems, so I didn't have anything to be responsible of. So when I did fall ill at uni, mm. I was stuck between my GP surgery. So my GP surgery had to be constantly moved. And then they wanted to move my specialists as well as that. So when I came home to my parents, like, for instance, now I have for COVID, um, they want to move my specialist, but there's no point moving my specialist as well mm. if I'm then going to go back in September. There's like little things like that where you, they just don't seem to understand it's quite difficult when you're in yeah. two places. It's difficult when you want to go to university and you can't because they don't provide some kind of transport to get back and forth. Because um, I don't live on campus, I live in the city. So it's that's quite hard as well. There's so many outside aspects to university as well as the actual university that need to support you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, it's quite, it, it's very difficult, but I don't think it's not, it, it can it can be done, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you mentioned, but then there needs to be more done in terms of creating that inclusive space um irrespective yeah. of whatever um because I, I think my experience of just going to university i think that need more needed to be done and um, and it can in a sense um prevent others from applying for university or other opportunities because of that yeah. which is a shame um and that shouldn't Definitely. be a reason why they don't apply for it um or go for it um and i think i think i was just thinking about this but what has what has kept you going um despite the bad days you sometimes have and um those days which are which are sometimes really difficult to to navigate and and go through what has kept you going and kept you inspired see that's a hard question um but i think the main thing that's kept me going is this is going to sound crazy but my instagram okay and the other people that follow me and the people that I follow, they, the chronic illness community within Instagram are so inspiring. They, they are able to do so much for themselves, for others, and mm. like they just carry on like they haven't got this illness holding them back. And even when they have those days where it does hold them back, they're still able to get up and post about it and show people that this is what my life is like and we can't stop this it just happens it's inspiring it's really inspiring to see especially on those bad days where i don't want to move and you can just get your instagram out because it's so accessible 
and you're like wow now I'm so motivated to just do this this and this I, I feel like I can do it now yeah um yeah it definitely it sounds crazy but it's very inspirational and especially because I lost my social support at university mm. um like pretty much all my friends <laughs> they all disappeared when I was diagnosed so yeah they're almost like my friend group <laughs> that's really nice and I, I don't think it sounds crazy at all I think the power of a community is amazing um and that could be in any yeah. shape or form and it's it's nice to know that there's people who really understand you um and you can kind of have that dialogue with them and um know that you're not alone um there's loads of people who are experiencing the same thing and i guess it depends on also a mindset um which is must be really hard to have yeah. especially as you mentioned on those uh, difficult days um to really just get up and and try and yeah. make the most out of it. Mental health mm. is, yeah, mental health is such a big issue within chronic illness that you wouldn't think like chronic illnesses has its own big priority out of it, but then you wouldn't think that there's so many other mental illnesses that can come out of you being diagnosed with these illnesses, but there is. It's so easy to become depressed or anxious or any of these other illnesses just because you can't do everything that you could before. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's so many aspects of it. It's, it's crazy. It is a hard one. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I don't think many people will get to see those days where you feel anxious, you feel stressed, um, and yeah. you just feel like isolated sometimes and in terms of yeah, losing those connections, as you mentioned, in terms of friends and um, needing that support and that just even have a chat, yeah. even have a chat with somebody um, about your day. Yeah. The smallest yeah. things can have such a huge impact. Yeah. Such a huge impact, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, and I mean, with these like mental emotions as well that you have, they can actually spiral into making your symptoms worse. Mm -hmm. So I know with me, if I stress about something or I'm anxious, I actually get more swollen joints because of it. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's like a big round cycle. You can't get out of it. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. And yeah, and I think it's, I think it's just amazing to, to, to share that because it's not easy. Um, and I think the more dialogues created around it, um, hopefully the better um, it is to raise more awareness about it. Because I, as you said, we need to do more as a community, but also as a society to really understand and make an effort to understand. Um, but yeah, and so thank you so much um, for joining us today. Um, Thank you for having me. No, no, no. And thank you for reaching out because um, I know um, it's not always easy to do that. But um, I wish you all the best. And, I, I, and I'm definitely going to be following your journey thank on Instagram. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And all the best with university. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to meet you. You too. Okay. Thank you for listening today and supporting our journey so far. Until next time, take care and stay safe.